0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Tonight, we turn to the book, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 2. Luke chapter number two won't be long here in the month of August. We'll have a wedding of Alex and Alex and grace. it will be around the corner, men, that same weekend on that Sunday night of that weekend, uh, evangelist michael maupin will be dropping back by for an evening service he he reaches out to me whenever he's in the area and he preaches for people to just have one service on sunday and so we just kind of pick up the other service for him and uh have no problem doing that whatsoever I'm doing that in october too he says i don't want you to get tired of me i said man it's just one service <clears throat> seriously i mean it's just one. Service. i can endure you for one no i'm just joking amen Amen. So he's going to be with us. And so that would be exciting. Amen. Having him with us on that weekend of celebration. Yeah. Luke chapter number two. And going to be again reading verse 41. Again, connect groups resume again uh, this coming Wednesday. Matter of fact, uh just this coming Wednesday in the month of August is all we have left until we get back to our series on John in the month of September. And so come and be a part of Connect Group. Amen for that last month of uh, being with one another for a period of time. We'll get back to John. He's still out there. We're somewhere around, I think, chapter 12. And so we'll be able to dive back in. Uh, Just hit the ground running, in all honesty. Luke chapter number two and verse number 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. When they had found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. It came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought, we have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Was ye not that I must be about my father's business? Draw your attention one more time to verse 43. When they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Real simple tonight my brain feels a little mush anyway so I hope I can string together a sentence or two I just want to talk to you tonight about when Jesus tarries behind when Jesus tarries behind amen we need the help of the Holy Ghost Father I come to you tonight God I'm so grateful Lord Jesus God I'm grateful for being able to come into this house and Lord to have freedom within this country Lord to worship and to adore your name god this is a privilege this is an opportunity god i do not want to lord god take it for granted i do not want to deny myself of it god i want lord Jesus, to take the full benefit lord jesus of coming to the house of the lord worshiping you honoring you God, we come together tonight, God, for you and your purpose. God, not for our neighbor, not for our friend, not for a member of the family, but God, for you. I pray, oh, Lord, this evening, Jesus, God, that you would get the glory and the honor, God, of whatever is done in this place tonight, and will not fail to thank you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen, amen, the church, say amen, amen. Can we just give a hand clap of appreciation for these singers and musicians? They've had a busy week, and yet they have given of themselves and their time and ability here again today amen we appreciate them you may be seated in jesus name when jesus tarries behind no doubt the responsibility of parenthood fell heavily upon the shoulders of mary and joseph as the angel gabriel come to visit them individually and announce The arrival of a son that would be born into their lives. Anybody that's here tonight that is a parent may be able to identify with the moment that that doctor looked at you and your spouse and said, you're going to have a baby. There's a certain level of responsibility, uh, maybe unspoken on heart and mind that comes at that moment. Anyone who has experienced the announcement of such tidings, you understand that emotional experience that ensues, learning that you are going to be a parent. For me personally, I remember whenever we were first told that Mariah uh, was going to be born and I had this unparalleled sense of responsibility uh, that become very, very evident in my life. Not just whenever uh, my wife uh, informed me that she was pregnant and then confirmed by the doctor that she was pregnant, uh, but even more so whenever uh, she was actually born. At the very moment that my wife told me that we were pregnant, there was just that 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 duty that encompassed my life of I'm now going to be responsible for another life. Which is somewhat overwhelming whenever you really think about being responsible for another life in this world. And so here is a couple, Mary and Joseph, that is experiencing their first child. Everything that will come through the venue of Jesus Christ will be the first occurrence for them concerning this child. They don't have any other children that they can compare this child to. This will be... The first. They cannot contrast this child to a previous child or even a previous, a previous pregnancy for that matter. Jesus Christ will be the first. The only ruler really that they have in order to gauge anything by is what life was like without a child. Right. You can't say what life was like with one child. They haven't had that yet. This is their first. So the only thing that they can rule the rest of their life with or gauge what it might be is what life was like, you know, B.C. before child. BC, before child. They, They can only gauge what was life like whenever they didn't have children, when there was just that absence and that void in their family. And perhaps the greater concern is this. Not only was their first child, not only was this their first child, but this child had been proclaimed to them, Joseph and Mary, individually and predestined as the Messiah the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Already spoken to them was uh, his path that his life would take and without doubt. Uh, the, the 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 burden of this first child became a little heavier, understanding that this is the Messiah, this is the one that the prophets of old had spoken of, and not only that, that this is not just any ordinary birth. Uh, this this isn't a C section, this isn't natural birth, this is an immaculate conception. This is something that was conceived in the womb of Mary without any involvement of Joseph, and so I can only wonder about the worries of Mary and the worries of Joseph. How do you nurture a baby that's the Messiah? How do you nurture a baby that is the king of glory? How, how do you nurture this Emmanuel, this God with us? I, I, I'm just worried about flesh and blood of a little girl that's going to be born in my family. I can't imagine here is the king of glory, you know. How, how do you take care of something like that? How do you nurture a Jesus, the son of God? And so I can almost see Mary uh, to a certain extent of being a little bit of an overprotective mother. You know because this just isn't, this isn't just Jesus, you know, Jesus, this is God manifest in the flesh. So, so it's like, Jesus, be careful. I I don't want you to get hurt. Don't be playing in the streets and get ran over by a chariot. You understand what I'm saying? Being an overprotective mother. Stay, stay over here near by my side so I can, so I can see you and feel you and know that you're there and present. Just, just a concerned mama, if you will. She wants to take good care of what's been given to her. She wants to be very mindful of what's been Given to her, and that which was conceived in Mary, the scripture says, was conceived. By the Holy Ghost. And so there is no doubt as the months progress with her pregnancy as it does with most, excitement and intensity increases as the months go by. It's the first trimester and the second trimester and the third trimester and excitements are getting high. You know you're going to face, be face to face with what has been carried in the womb of your wife. And divine providence as it is in the book of Luke had driven them to the city called Bethlehem where that babe was to be born and enter the world in a manger. The care of this young mother was evident as she wrapped that child, the Bible says, in swaddling clothes and swaddling him in cloths. The Bible at various junctures throughout the scripture tells us that a child that is uncared for or not appreciated is one that is most likely discarded and not even swaddled. But Mary has taken the responsibility of parenthood very 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 much so sincerely and she is wrapped and she has swaddled this child in clothes. It's not the case with Mary. She's held this child dear. This child that's from God and of God dear to her and Joseph's heart. They would followed the prescribed route and on day number 8 that child would receive his name that male child would be called and circumcised he would be called Jesus Christ and then after the days of her purification had taken place they would take that child Jesus and they would go to the temple and they would offer their offerings that was to be brought as a means of her purification and much care was given amen at this important passage of life the name of the child, the bringing him the first time to the temple. Amen. As she would present her gifts as a matter of fact the Bible declares to us in Luke chapter number 2 I believe it is that there would be a couple aged warriors at the temple of the house of God that were eager to meet and become acquainted with this Jesus Christ. Simeon the Bible says a man and Anna a woman. Amen. They would do nothing but underscore the importance of Mary and Joseph's child. They would begin to recount to Mary and Joseph and anyone in earshot how special this gift of God truly was to them and not just to them alone but to society and to the entire world. Some would talk about him as being the salvation of the world. And so again, these parents must have left those encounters with just a certain sense of pride. You know how it is when people poke their head into that car seat and they say, oh, it isn't is she purdy? Huh. Isn't he handsome? Oh, look at those cheeks and those legs. There's a sense of pride, a sense of obligation that comes upon you when people speak about your child or they show some type of appreciation for your child. And here's Simeon and Anna showing such appreciation for Jesus. Their hearts must have swelled with pride. And there's little recorded in the Scripture, really, amen, from the time in Jesus' life until he was brought to the temple after his mother's purification until the time that he would return to the temple that we can see recorded in Scripture when he was 12 years old. Yearly, no doubt, Mary and Joseph made their trip to the house of God for feast times, a 70-mile trip it was from Nazareth to Jerusalem to the house of God at Passover and Tabernacles and Pentecost and all the required feasts. Jesus all along on the journeys, growing day by day, month by month, becoming strong the Bible says in spirit and also filled with wisdom his stature he's getting taller he's becoming more mature Amen. and whenever they had went to these festivals and these new moons and these Sabbaths and had went to the house of God they had always been diligent to ensure that Jesus was with them It was even mandated that all males should come before the Lord three times of a year during those feast times. And it was the obligation of the fathers to make sure the children was with them. And so they had always been diligent to ensure that Jesus was with them. They had made several trips for other occasions and they had always knew the well-being and had a pulse on where Jesus was and what Jesus was doing when they was at the temple. But in our text, Tonight, this day was different from the others during those years of his, of his mother's purification until this 12 year old Jesus is entering the temple. The scripture describes that the child tarried in Jerusalem and the due diligence of his parents of this 12 year old boy was to make sure that Jesus was with them. I know it's hard to believe, isn't it? Sometimes I read the stories in these heats where People forget they have kids in the car and, and they forget this or that. And I understand there are sometimes just all crazy stuff going on. But I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to forget a kid. Let me say it like this and be personal. It was hard to forget our kids. And it wasn't because they were so notable. Notable. But they would make sounds or they, they would make those, uh, I, I mean, at even 12 years old, and that's getting close to Trev right here, right? I mean, they, they still want your attention and they are saying something. They're hitting those different frequencies of dad moments, dad, 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 you know, in order to get your attention and so on. So, and they get in your face so on so forth. And so it was the diligence of this mother and father to make sure that Jesus was with them. But the Bible speaks plainly in verse number 43 that Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and that his mother and his father knew it not. I'm astonished to think that they could leave Jerusalem from after visiting Jerusalem and the temple and go back home on their journey and not realize that their 12 year old Jesus was not there. I mean this is the same one that the angel said is going to be the glory of God to the highest. This is the same one that Mary knew to be God manifest in the flesh. That one no doubt that she says, I'm gonna take care of this, I'm gonna hold this dear. This is a special child. He has a certain, if you will, a mark upon his life for the spectacular, but now twelve years go by. And she can leave him and not even give second thought that he's not around? the one that she wanted to hold close and keep near so she could feel him because this was a special package deal, amen, that I must take care of. Now she leaves the temple and she doesn't even know that she has left her child back at the temple. Someone say amen. Amen. Just as Samson had risen on every other occasion prior to the cutting off of the locks of his hair, the Bible says in Judges that Samson was bound with green widths And whenever they came in and said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, he broke them. It says, whenever they bound him with new ropes, and they said, the Philistines come upon you, that he broke them. Whenever the locks of his hair was woven together on a weave, and they said, the Philistines are upon you, he came, and likewise, he just shook himself. None of those things were a match for his strength, and he went out and did as he would normally have done. Yet the Bible says, when his head was shaven, the scripture records this in Judges 16 and 20. And she said, Delilah, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he woke up out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him what i'm saying tonight is this year by year they went up to the house of god to worship they went up to the house of god to offer their sacrifices year by year they took jesus to the temple and when they left they took him home with them but on this year something different happened jesus tarried at the temple because nobody took him home from the temple They left just like they had all 11 other years, the house of God. But this time they left him back and did not even realize that he was not there with him. Let me pause here for a moment and tell you this evening that our Lord and Savior has also been given unto us And our coming to the house of God and departing from the house of God. It should be a common occurrence that this precious gift that we have been given, it should be something that we take to our home. It should be something that we take to our job. It should be something we take to the grocery store. It should be something we take in the concourses of our life. Yes, it should be something we take to church, but we need not get in the mode that we bring it to the house of God and that's where it carries and that's where it remains and that's where it stays. We should not be able to self-consciously leave God's house and have left that precious gift at because I know how it's like to become the new convert, and I've seen new converts receive the gift of God, and they are so excited, and they are overwhelmed by the power and the presence of God that they feel all they can talk about is what God has done for them. All they can talk about is that new baby, if you will, that's been birthed in their spirit. All they can do is worship when they're in God's house. Well, amen, magnify God. Tell other people about what has happened to them, but something happens over years of time. Amen. And if we don't watch it, we'll come to God's house and we'll leave the gift at God's house, and we'll never be any wiser than it's carrying as we are going. Oh yes. Amen. We'll just go out as other times, shake ourselves, but not even realize that He is not with us. I'm afraid tonight, not just for us, but just for the church worldwide, that the journey has been or will be the journey of many, that the supernatural will happen and something will be conceived in the hearts and souls, and it has been throughout time of the spirit of the Holy Ghost in many's lives. And we care for it. We pray with it. We fast with it. We have devotions with it. We want it near so we can feel it. We're careful with it. We're careful with it, and we care for it, and we take pains to ensure that its presence is in our lives, but somehow or another along the way in our lives of worship and in our lives of praise, even in the house of God, it tarries there, and we've left it, only to visit it on Sunday morning, only to visit it on Sunday night, only to visit it on Wednesday night. It's the child that's been abandoned, so to speak, at the house of God. It serves its purpose there and nowhere else, But God didn't give it to us for it just to remain at the tabernacle. God didn't give it to us for it just remain at the temple. He says that's your child. You take it when you go to bed, and you have it when you rise up. You have it in the deepest of your valleys, and you have it in your highest of mountaintops. Care for it. Nurture it. Protect it. Yes. He tarries at the house when we've left him at the house. In some regards, it isn't known. In other people's lives, if you were to have a frank conversation with them, they'll be able to tell you and mark the exact moment in time when they went without it. Regardless, All of these actions, they prompt a journey in our lives. Just as the prodigal that took a journey into a far country, we have a journey that begins away from that which you at one time had held something so dear, so close. You travel away from it. And whenever you travel away from it, as is depicted in our text, the suppositions begin. The Bible says they knew not. But they had left him there. But after they get a few days in their journey back home, they start to realize that Jesus is not among them. Jesus is not among them. And so they begin to suppose, well, perhaps he's over here. Or perhaps he's over there. Or perhaps uh, he is on this band or that wagon. Or perhaps he's with that mule or that horse. They are supposing him to be here and supposing him to be there. But every time they search for him, amen the Bible tells us that their search ended in disappointment they could not find where they thought he might be in the beginning they didn't have anything in the beginning they didn't have another child to compare him to or contrast him to amen all they could contrast and compare it to is what life was like without him hallelujah someone say amen amen now that familiar terrain of life, amen, is like, it is like it was not having him all over again. It's starting to grow apparent. We couldn't say what it was like to have two or three kids, but the feeling where we're at right now, it's starting to feel an awful lot like what it was before we ever had him, before he ever showed up, before he ever entered our family, before we had any responsibility to him. It's starting to feel familiar like what it was before before Jesus stepped in to, oh, someone say amen. Someone say hallelujah. They supposed him to be here and there. The Bible even says that they looked among their kinsfolk. They looked among their acquaintances. And every time they looked in all of those different places, every time they had no aid in finding what they had left behind, what they had lost. If I could go as far to say what they had forsaken but could not even wrap their mind that they had left anything to begin with. If we're not careful, we'll go on journeys without him. And somewhere along the way, we'll come to a recognition he's not there. And we'll search in all the wrong places for him. We'll assume he should be here or over there. We'll search relationships. We'll search family. We'll ser- Yes, yes, yes. We'll search other, if you will, pleasures. We'll search all kinds of things, supposing that he might be there, but the reality of the fact is he's tearing in Jerusalem because I didn't bring him with me from Jerusalem. He's still at the house of God because whenever I left the house of God, I didn't take him with me from the house of God. We're supposing him. Oh. someone say amen. amen. The Bible says in Luke 2, 42, when they found him not, they turned back again. Do you hear me? When they found him not, they turned back again. To where? To Jerusalem. To the house of God. Doing what? Seeking him. When they explored everything that was away from the house of God. And he could not be found. They turned back to the house of God and said, let's go and see if we can find him there. Psalms 120 through Psalms 134 are denoted as the song of degrees. You'll find that superscript in your Bibles before the chapters, that they are song of degrees or song of ascents. These are a series of psalms in the book of Psalms identified as ascents or upward movements toward the house of God. Some believe that these psalms coincided with the winding staircase that was in the temple that contained 15 steps. There are others that believe these were psalms that were sung on Israel's pilgrimage to the temple during these feast times such as Passover and tabernacles and so on and so forth but nonetheless you're going up to Jerusalem it is that city that sets upon a hill it is the temple of God that is high and lifted up and as they would go up they would sing these songs in this upward movement toward the house of God amen and the trip on its way was almost like just daily if you will pilgrimages of songs and moving to the house of God in Psalms 100 34 David is speaking to the servants of the night the Bible says that stand in the house of the Lord this is the song that is denoting the end of his journey to Jerusalem to the house of God David has made it now he has approached he has come upon the line of finish being at the house of God and all along it has been a constant upward movement since his beginning his pilgrimage up to the house of God but when we consider this we look backward he's made it but where did he start where did he start what was the first step of his progression amen what originally if you will what originally prompted his journey to the house of God surely something had to provoke his movement yes maybe a feast yes maybe this or such but something had to provoke his movement the Bible says in Psalms 120 and verse 1 the psalmist says in my distress I cried into the Lord, and he heard me. In Psalms 121 and verse 1, the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes to the heels from which cometh my help. In Psalms 122 and verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'll tell you what prompted David's return to the house of God. His going up to the house of God in that upward movement. It was distress that had entered his life. That prompted him to go to the house of God. Let me break it down like this. There were problems breaking out in David's life. Mayhem and trouble had visited David's life. What provoked his movement upward to the house of God is because things were not going the way that David thought things ought to be going. On this trip, it wasn't his duty of praise that brought him to God's house. It wasn't his duty of worship that brought him to God's house. It was his distress in his life that brought him to the house of the Lord. Can someone say amen? Amen. The first record, the first recorded words of Jesus are captured in verse 49 of Luke 2. The question he posed to his parents were this. How is it that you sought me? How is it that you sought me? The previous verses already provided the answer to this. The Bible says that they sought him sorrowing. They sought him sorrowing. You know what it was? Distress had drove them back to the house of God. What drove them back to the house of God, Brother Malone, was they realized that they didn't have what they used to have. What took them to the house of God was when they sought every other venue out, even kinfolk and acquaintance out, and could not find what they used to have, they went back to the last time they could remember having it. And the last time they remember having it was not whenever they had the good job. It was not whenever they had food and money and plethora up on their table. The last time they remember had it, what they lost, they were at the house of God. And so they think to themselves, if that's the last time I remember having it, I wonder if I can go back there and find it. I wonder if I can go back there and get my grasp and my hand on it today. I'm making a cry to this church and those beyond the walls of this church. If you find yourself, lacking something they used to have that you adored and you pulled near to though your bosom and you sought several other places and have not been able to find it. I ask you a question, sir. I ask you a question, ma'am. Was the last time you had it, you were in God's house? Then you need to make your way back to the house of God and see, see if you can get acquainted with what you left there again. Someone say amen. They had sought him sorrowing. Sorrowing. The trips prior to this one. Even early on, Joseph and Mary went the first time with Jesus because the days of her purification was up and she was doing what was obligated. The other years between his eight days and of course purification I believe was 40 days I believe for a male if I remember right. He's 40 days old until 12 years old and they went year by year before, hear me today, Mary and Joseph went because the law says that's what you do on Passover. That's what you do on Tabernacles. That's what you do, that's what you do on Pentecost. They go out of sense of duty They go out of sense of obligation. They go to offer, if you will, their worship and their praise and offer their sacrifices because this is what is prescribed that you do when you go to the house of God. But this trip to the house of God, duty is not demanding this trip. Obligation, per se, is not demanding this trip. See, since the last time they left, they have been on a journey away from the house of God. And they had supposed that their joy, and they had supposed that their contentment, and they had supposed that thing that they first, when it first came in their life, that was dear to them. They had supposed it to be in a variety of places, but each just coming with an unsatisfactory result. This time they're going. It's not because of their obligation. This time they are going because of of their distress and their anguish and their pain and their sense of having lost. That enveloped their life. They're not going today to offer a sacrifice. They're going to try to find what they've lost. The Bible says in verse 45 and when they found him not they turned back to Jerusalem seeking him. After this year of 24 years of being married to my wife, I would like to believe that I've become callous to the idea of things being lost, being left behind. Among those items that's been lost in the past 24 years have been keys and purses and checkbooks and receipts and checks. And on a few rare occasions, I've misplaced my bill phone and phone every once in a while as I get older but before we even entered year 24 my wife is consistent if anything and faithful and losing her keys and her phone and her purse I'll never forget we were evangelizing we were evangelizing we were in the state of Ohio We'd already preached some revival services of like a, a Wednesday through a Sunday at one church, and we were high telling it to another city within the state. We are on the, our way there. We were going. We were going uh, to, to South Shore, Kentucky, right across from, from, from uh, Portsmouth, Ohio. We were on our way. As a matter of fact, the same day we were traveling, I was supposed to preach that night. Supposed to preach. We're on our way. At that time, I think it was just us and our car. I don't believe we even had a trailer or truck then. We're traveling down the road, just a nice little four-lane four, four lane highway. It's not an interstate, but it's just a nice highway there in Ohio. We come to a little, a little uh, spot in the road called Waverly, Ohio. If you've ever been there, God bless you. I hope you got a t-shirt. Nonetheless, we were in Waverly, Ohio, and there was a Dairy Queen there. We do what you do on trips, right? You get food, and you also... You know, you get and you get rid of, you know, it kind of goes two ways. And, and so we we went into that little Dairy Queen and both of us used the facilities that were there. And we came out of there and got back in the vehicle and, honey, we're going because, you know, I'm on a time frame here. I like to be, I'm, I'm punctual, like to be on time ahead of time, want to get my mind together for the service, so and so forth. And so we get there and we start uh, unloading, going to get ready. And my wife looks over me with that face of despair and says, I cannot find. My purse. Now, I've seen some of the purses you ladies carry around. I mean, it's like something that you would check baggage out at the airport for. How is this possible? That you could lose something of that dimension. She says, I, I, I don't know where my purse is. Come to find out. She's good about remembering. She really is. She really is. If you give her some time to pawn and and pour it over in her mind, she'll remember. And she came to remember when I was in Dairy Queen, I set my purse on the back of the commode. Folks, that was several miles away. It's several miles away. I mean, we got to get ready for church. We got to get ready to go. uh, Luckily enough for us, the assistant pastor's wife took my dear little wife all the way back to Dairy Queen. Matter of fact, she got her purse. Everything was still in it. Everything was fine and well. But I would like to tell you, I couldn't tell you the times that things have been lost in our lives. Things that have been lost. And, and most time, whenever we were first, you know, traveling the course and the Mariah was born, sometimes you can have, you know, little hands that kind of muddle with how things get lost. But whenever there's none of those variables involved, and we have lost a lot of things over our lives, out of every place we have looked for items, we've lost. Do you know what I have found to be true? That do you know that where we found every one of the things that we have lost? We've always found what we misplaced. Right where we left it. There's never been a checkbook found. That's not where we left the checkbook. There's never been a key found that that wasn't where we left the keys. There's never been a purse found that that wasn't where we left the purse. There's never been a billfold or a phone found that's not where we had left the billfold or left the phone. We always found what we misplaced right where we left it. As a matter of fact, we question each other even still yet today. We ask one another, where were you the last time you had it? Can you tell me where you were the last time you had your keys? Can you tell me where you were the last time you had the checkbook? Can you remember what you were doing and where you were the last time you had your purse? And as we begin to think through our minds, amen, we might come to the conclusion. Because this is the rule and the principle. You will find it right where you left it. And so as Mary and Joseph are on their trip away from God's house, like so many times before, they come to the understanding, hey, where's Jesus? Do you got Jesus? I don't got Jesus. Do our family members got Jesus? Is he among the acquaintance? Is he on the camel? Where's Jesus? Mary, where were you the last time you knew Jesus was around? Where were you, Joseph, the last time you felt his hand brush along your elbow? Where was you at? I know where I was, Joseph. Hey, Mary, I understand that was at the house of God. The last time I felt him, the last time he was in my presence was back at... I'm telling somebody tonight, if you've grown cold or indifferent to the spirit of the Lord, you need to ask yourself tonight, where were you the last time you felt him? Where were you the last time you experienced him? What were you doing the last time you had that precious gift close, dear, and near to you? Somebody might need to get involved in the house of God tonight and seek him out. They turn back because they realize that's where they last had him. Some may even say, "I remember when I left him." Whew. Some might say, "I remember when I, I remember when I left him." I know just for the practical things, it's like I remember the last time I had him, I was in TJ Maxx. I remember the last time I had it. You know, we were talking and all of a sudden this happened. And then I think I I laid it down. I know some may say, I remember when I left him. Someone might be saying, I remember when I stopped going to God's house. I remember, or I remember whenever I started to involve myself. I remember when I started carousing in the bars again. I remember whenever I began smoking and drinking again. Amen. But before, listen to me very clearly, before we ever come to the junctions of the road of going back to Egypt and doing the bar carousing and the drinking, Brother Terry, before we do any of those things, let me mark this well, you already left him before you ever got there you already left him before you ever got there those actions of carousing again or or getting drunk again or all those other things again all those actions are just the result of already having Amen, left him and him being absent from your life can I tell you this I know this is hard Amen, to computate but most people leave him in the house of God most people leave him on the pew most people leave him being faithful in church attendance most of them leave him while they're Hand is half cocked raised, but their hearts far from it. Most of them leave him as they have words going over their lips, but it's not flowed through their mind and their heart. Most of them leave him right in the house of God, right, and they seemingly know it not because they went to the house with their obligation. They went to the house with their duty. They went to the house with their sacrifice. But they left him there. That's how I can be faithful and still be distanced from him. That's how I can serve my obligation and duty and still have no dearness and nearness to him. Because I show up for my obligation and duty but I leave him here when I go home. They knew it not. The rest of Jesus' first recorded words were this Wist ye not that I must be about my Father's business? Just a few other translations to share with you from that phrase. Did you not see and know that it was necessary as a duty for me? This is Jesus speaking to be in my Father's house and occupied about my Father's business. Did you realize, don't you realize that I had to be in my father's house? Was it not clear to you that my right place was in my father's house? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Old Testament scripture. Jacob fled from his homeland. Let me get some water here. I think I'm skirting with a little dehydration, honestly. My body's been kind of sore up between my shoulder blades, and I think it's just because I've liked water. I sweated it out on the way home. Jacob fled from his homeland to the city called Luz. When he left, he left fearing the hands of his brother Esau. His life was in distress. Jacob was in trouble. He goes to sleep that night at Luz. He takes some stones and makes himself a pillow to sleep on. You know you're in distressful times if a stone pillow works for you when you go to sleep. During the night, he has a dream, a vision, if you will, of a ladder that's set up on the earth whose top reaches unto the heavens angels of God are ascending and descending up on this ladder. The Bible describes as though the Lord stood at the top of the ladder and he spoke to Jacob. Whenever Jacob woke up from this, this sleep, from this dream, from this vision, he states these words in Genesis 28 and verse 16. He says very plainly, he says, surely, he said, the Lord is in this place. And I knew It not. Think with me for a moment. I really don't know if there is one worse than the other, but I don't know which is worse. And that is the Samson's that think nothing has changed, but God's spirit has departed from them. Or the Jacob's that miss where God's spirit is. Samson said I'm just going to do like I've always done and he's assuming that God's spirit's going to be there but it wasn't with him. Jacob is right in the middle of God's spirit and he doesn't realize it. I don't know if you can necessarily pit one against the other as though one is worse than the other but I do know this, either way both were oblivious to the lack of or the presence of the Lord. The Bible says after Jacob had spent his years among the house of Laban and he had acquired wives and acquired children and acquired livestock, and he's on his way back to Luz, that he renamed Bethel, the house of God. And he's on his way back to the house of God. Pleased to know that as Jacob is returning to the house of God, the distress of his 20 years of being away, Has driven him back there. It seems the first time. And now again the second time. As he visits the house of God. But he had to go. And he had to find out. What he had left behind. It was there found at Bethel. The house of God. The Bible says as Jacob is approaching the house of God, Bethel, or Luz, if you will, this second time, that the idols that his men and women and family had, had garnered and had got in their 20 years of being away, amen. The Bible says that they had to surrender those things unto Jacob, amen. And that's just an indication that they have been on a journey, really, of searching and trying to suppose where they might find something that is lacking. They found it in their idols. They tried to find it, I might say, in their idols. They tried to find it in these images that they had collected. But you know what? Their search never ended once they had their hand on those things because they understood this wasn't it. Jacob understood. This doesn't give me the same feeling. This doesn't give me the same feeling, the same exhilaration that I had when I was at Luz. Think of it now. He served seven years for Rachel. He served another seven years, amen, for Leah. He had children upon children. He had got livestock, all these things, but none of those things could touch what he experienced. He left with a staff. He's coming back with all this stuff, but no matter where he searched and where he supposed he might find it, he wouldn't find it until he got back where he left it and so he's on his way to God's house they're throwing the gods amen, under the tree and they are going to the house of God because Jacob is remembering it was at the house of God that the ladder amen stood on earth and it reached all the way to heaven it was at the house of God that didn't happen with my uncle Laban that didn't happen when our fifth son was born that didn't happen when I got more livestock than what I could even handle no 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 that happened at God's house he remembered it was there that angels were ascending and descending who Hebrew says they were sent as ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation they're ascending and descending on the ladder that was at the house of God that wasn't in the country I've been for 20 years that was at Luz and the place where you left him will be the place that you find him and although distress may have riveted your life and driven you from there Amen. ministration can take place and your departure can be different than your arrival if you get back to what you left. You'll stand for me. I'll try to tie this up and put a bow on it. Mary questioned Jesus in verse 48. Why Hast thou thus dealt with us? Why hast thou thus dealt with us? Because we have sought thee sorrowing. We have sought thee. Why did you have to deal with us like that? Why is it that we had to come to a spot of sorrowing? In order to return and find where we left you. Why did you deal like that? Why did you tarry behind when we left? If I could hear the voice of Jesus, because no one was persuading me to come with them. Here's the thing about the Lord, folks He is a gentleman. Lord's a gentleman, He will not force Himself on somebody. And he for sure will not show up where he is not welcome. He is a gentleman. And so when they ask, why, why, you know, it's kind of like placing the monkey on the back of Jesus. Why did you do this? He's saying, I was at the same place you were. You left. And I've just been tarrying where you left me. Just waiting for you to turn around and seek me out again. I believe the response is clear tonight, and I'm coming to a close. I believe Jesus, if we could hear him and know the mind of the Lord, I believe it would be this. Jesus for his parents, Mary and Joseph, I knew distress. I knew distress would prompt a journey to hear, Because the fabric of humanity is like this. A lot of times people's lives go upside down, and you know what they look for? God's house. I knew that distress would prompt your journey. It happens, folks. Let me tell you something today. There's people that's left the church and backslid that Bishop and myself get phone calls from. You know when? When life is horrid. Why why are you dealing with us like this, Lord? Because I know how you react when things are not in your favor. You start looking for me. Start searching, then I got your ear. Then why you dealt with it because I knew distress would prompt your journey here, and I knew that you could only find me where you left me, and I knew you could only be ministered to from the heavens where the earth is connected to it. That's the house of God. We'll find him tonight. Right where we left him. (laughs) Jesus tarried behind because no one thought to take him alone on their journey from the house of God. No one thought to take him alone. Now when he was an infant, they would no doubt remember. And when he was such as that, they would no doubt remembered. It's kind of like the other day. I was, I was talking, I think it was to, to Zach and Malin, and you know, you, you can agree or disagree with me. It really don't matter to me, but babies get a lot of attention from everybody. Little Addison, look at her. I mean, come on. Yes, ma'am. They get a lot of attention. People will ooh and awe and gawk over a baby. they Absolutely, they'll change that dirty diaper. This is a baby. Feed it, hold it, rock it. Mark my words, I've had two children. As they get older, people become less interested in your child. Before, you have people call and want to babysit for you. As they get older, you call five people to try to find someone to babysit for you. What are you saying? It's saying when it's fresh and new When it's fresh and new It gets all the attention But as we grow older with it You know at camp this week Whenever our kids were small Oh my Lord There's sometimes my wife and I would look at each other and say Why do we even come? I'm serious I remember we, Mariah Mariah was two months old when she went to her first National Youth Convention. You all been there. The sound there can cause your pant leg to shake. Imagine what that does to the organs of the child. What I'm saying is it wasn't fun. My wife would look at, we would look at each other and say, why did we do this? I mean, why? Now this past week, You know, I seen my kids for the most part when they was at church and when they came in to go to bed or they wanted money for something to eat. For hours at a time. Because as we grow older, they grow older. Just kind of get disconnected somewhat. I've been in church for 30 years. won't really hurt just to leave it there one Sunday night as I start my Monday tomorrow. I've been in this for 10 years, or whatever number you got on it. Nobody's staring at it. It's, you know how it is. Listen, baby's born, right? It's not doing anything, but you've all pulled up a chair at the crib. And you watch it. I mean, there's nothing going on. This may not be. This is just me though. I mean, you're like yippee yay over everything. It spits up. Oh, look at that. You know, some bodily function and noise happens. <laughs> you know, everything that issues from this thing, you are enamored by. But it doesn't take long for those things to get owed. And we become indifferent and insensitive. The first cry, you're there. Second child comes, it can cry for a while. When Jesus tarries behind, it's because somebody didn't take him alone. And bow our heads in this place tonight. There may be someone here tonight that even through this service, you've already loosened your clutch upon the Lord. you just going to leave tonight. You're just going to leave and do your week your way. You're just going to do your, your journey and you're just going to touch base with him on Wednesday. But I wonder if somebody in this place tonight could embrace him one more time as though he was the best new thing that ever happened to you. If you could wrap your arms around him as a fragile infant and pull him in close to your bosom so that you can feel his heartbeat against your heartbeat. You know, they say this is probably still true. You know, there's just something very, very vital about that skin to skin contact with mothers and fathers and the newborns. I wonder if somebody could get back to some true contact with the Lord. Don't leave here tonight without him. Don't leave him at the house of God. Don't go on about your way and somehow leave here and someday realize, oh, distress, trouble. I, oh God, where is he? Where is he? Search for him here. Suppose him to be there and find yourself very frustrated until you remember. I left him at God's house. I left him at God's house. Would there be anybody tonight that would just search their mind and search their heart and say, God, I'm going home. I'm taking you home with me tonight. I'm taking you back to my house and I'm going to take you to my job and I'm going to take you on the different concourses of my life you're, you're going I don't want you tearing there because I'm going to take you along with me right now you go I'm going to take you along with me right now because oh, I need you Lord I need you for the good times and I need you for the bad times I need you th- when things are well and when things are not well God, if you are carrying here, it's because I'm not taking you along with me. Would there be someone that would begin to search their mind tonight and ask yourself the question, where were you the last time that you felt the true presence of God? Where were you the last time that you experienced an overwhelming... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.